My name is Paloma, and this is an audio project where I explore and I think through what might be the relationship between things like burnout, depression, anxiety, i.e. mental health, and the climate crisis that we're facing. What if these two things are not separate subjects? I started just researching more about what the fuck is up with the climate crisis and why are most me and my peer set not doing a lot about it? We all care about it, but none of us are really doing more than like, I don't know, tiny things. Why is that? Separately, I support as part of my job people who face a lot of burnout, depression, anxiety, even though they have these really privileged work environments. And the more that I researched one and the other, the more that a lot of the most radical causes and radical ideas I was finding about them actually totally related to each other. So I want to keep exploring that. I'm also a verbal processor. And so if this is true for you too, maybe this will help you process how you are thinking about one or both of these topics. This is also more of an audio project and not like a podcast because what I've finally just given over to is admitted that my job usually is to create workshops or trainings or workbooks, worksheets that make a really complex topic really simple. A three-step process. And these two topics and the interweaving of them have completely like not wanted to fit in that model. And it's been really frustrating for my brain because I'm used to, that's what I do, right? And so then I was like, well, fuck that. Like, what if I just give over to this idea that the biggest insights that I've had in this research, they've kind of been more like foraging for mushrooms. I'm a a newbie to mushroom foraging, but I've really enjoyed that you can't approach it like a linear line, like I'm just going to walk straight and just look for mushrooms along the way. (laughs) Instead, you kind of, you set out with a general direction, a general goal, which is let's find some mushrooms that I might be able to eat or cook at home tonight. And you kind of look, and maybe you won't find any in a spot that you thought you could. So you're like, okay, you look around some more, and then you kind of go with your spidey sense and pick a different direction and look there. And one of the recent times I went mushroom foraging, I kind of was like, wait, I don't know why. I, I feel like I should go back to that first spot I looked in. And I did, and head back in that direction. And I decided to look a little differently, like look in a different direction. And lo and behold, one, there were some mushrooms that I just didn't see before. And two, they weren't the mushrooms I was looking for. But they were still edible. And I did cook them that night, and they were delicious. That's what these two topics have felt like in researching them the insights have surprised me and have been in a weird order and I often backtrack to get the next insight. So they won't be separate episodes as much as 
a journey with me, if you will. So, yeah, let's go insight foraging. So I think I'll start this foraging journey um, with a story. Today is July 25th, Monday, 2022. And it was about a year ago when this first interweaving question surfaced for me, you know. This was, uh, you know, in the thick of the pandemic. So if you think back, where were you a year ago? What was life like for you? For me, and maybe this feels true for you, um, at that point, the pandemic was less of a tornado and it felt more like a black hole that just overnight had sucked my reality and just left emptiness behind all that was left was like the very basic structures my house remained my basic relationship with my partner mike the concept of my friendships, those things remained. But my work, it, it felt like it disappeared overnight into that black hole. And all the relationships that, that I had from my work, all the meaning that I derived from my work, all the dopamine that I got from my work, just poof, gone overnight. So what was left was one a lot of emptiness and not time emptiness it was like life emptiness because i was very much working more hours than before the pandemic just frantically trying to save my business but at the core of it there was an emptiness and a lot of loneliness and so as the pandemic dragged on eventually that emptiness and the loneliness it transformed into like a different unfamiliar sadness because it wasn't like a self-pity sadness it wasn't an angry sadness it was it was like stepping past all of that into this wide field of the most honest kind of sadness and so maybe because i was reading some buddhist books then <laughs> i had a sense that i shouldn't run away or distract myself um, from the sadness that maybe i should let the sadness just kind of sit with me and i sit with it you know like old friends And so it was lucky, maybe related, maybe lucky, that around this time, um, I also just stopped paying attention to the news and stopped reading the usual stuff that I read. I stopped following social media. And instead, I started poking around like weird corners of the internet and like weird corners of my local library. And I came across the first two very, very helpful things that started the shifting of my brain 
and my heart, I would say. And the two things, uh, one, the first one was this dude, uh, David White. He is, I think, Welsh, Irish, Irish, Welsh. Mm. Uh, he is a poet philosopher, I believe. And then the other one was this book called How to Do Nothing. So let's start with David White. My dude, David White. So I'm going to read you um, these notes that I took at the time where I, I kind of like hungrily transcribed some of his work. Um, this is from a poem that I heard him read. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. So then he went on to talk about this idea of ancient relationships, that our bodies have evolved with this memory of these relationships that we have with the natural world, with other creatures. We've evolved with them. We have relationships we used to. They remember. And he said, it's funny to me that when people say something like, I was alone in nature, because that's not possible. If you're in nature, you're surrounded by creatures, animals, insects, plants, and they are in relationship with you, but you may not be listening or tuned into them. Nonetheless, you're not alone. He said it was, it was funny that often when people said, I am alone, maybe what they meant is, I'm not in conversation with another human right now. When I heard him read that poem, I was driving in my car on Fremont, um, in Portland and I just started crying I realized that he was putting words to something that was like the opposite of the sadness I was feeling that honest sadness I was sitting with I just felt like what is this why am I feeling, why am I crying in the fucking car? So I'm going to pause there. I'm going to let you take a second to breathe too. <laughs> and maybe have your own thoughts with those words. So... And maybe in case it's helpful, I'll, I'll read them again. Uh, this time just together, I'll be reading just straight how I transcribe these notes in the journal. Okay. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone. To feel abandoned 
is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. The cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything is waiting for you. So yeah, sit with that. Pause the player. Have a moment. And we'll talk again tomorrow.